Well, let's get started. Men online, we're glad you're with us this morning. We're going to jump in. I'm going to tell you, uh, I've been convicted. I felt like the Lord really said, you've got to step the game up. You've got to get to moving and pressing in. Uh, and so I told Joshua, I said, I'm not called to be mediocre. I told him that yesterday. I said, we're going to, we're going to press in and we're going to have us a message now. And I feel like what, what we have coming up for the next two, three weeks is going to be pretty powerful. I'm excited about what God's laying on my heart and where he's taking me in the scriptures right now. So let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer and we'll get started. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this, your morning. This is the day that you have made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Father, I pray that we wouldn't settle for anything that's less than your best this day and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Genesis chapter 16 is where we're going to be this morning. You're going to be familiar probably if you've been around church at any length of time. You'll probably be familiar with this story, but I want to jump in. Today's big idea is to be led by the Spirit and be spiritual men, not led by the flesh and fleshly men, because God only recognizes one. I want you to hear me. God does not recognize the flesh. It's going to be very important for us to get that big idea this morning. Genesis 16, verse 1. Now, Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maid whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, now behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Now, men, that's exactly what you're thinking about. All right. It means, uh, go, go, uh, have relations. All right. Hey, somebody else preaching the same time I'm preaching right here on the front row too. It wasn't even back there in the back, right here on the front row. Let me just give the mic to you, Pete. All right. Let's keep going. So he says, please go into my maid. Perhaps I will, or she says, please go into my maid. Perhaps I will obtain children through her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarah. Now let's stop right there. We could say a lot of things about that. Men, should you listen to your wives? At least 90% of the time, okay? But this time he shouldn't have. But he's like, hmm, my wife's got an idea here. After Abram had lived, had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Abram's wife Sarah took Hagar the Egyptian, her mate, and gave her to her husband, Abram, as his wife which in the custom of the day, don't get bent out of shape. In the custom of the day, that's not just just real different, all right? And Sarah said to Abram, may the wrong, or wait a second, and he went into Hagar, and she conceived, and when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her sight. All of a sudden, jealousy. Well, it was my idea, but you did it. You ever heard that one? It was my idea, but you followed through. It was my idea, but you really, really did that. I can't believe you did this. So, so here we have some jealousy and other things creeping in. Keep, stay with me. And Sarah said to Abram, may the wrong done to me be upon you. I gave my maid into your arms, but when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her sight. So here she tries to, to flip the blame. I, as a matter of fact, I had to go do a word search here because it didn't make sense to me when I first read this here a week or two ago, I was going back through this and I went, you know, in this scripture, Lord, I've never seen this before. I was despised in her sight. What she's trying to say is Hagar despises me now. When in reality, she despises Hagar. Let's keep going. May the Lord judge between you and me. Careful with those words, men. Careful with those words. I, I, I just think that's a dangerous thing to say. May the Lord judge between you and me. He might judge the other way. All right, just a heads up. Let's keep going. Sarah is just a little bit upset. Now, here's what we know. 
uh, you need to, to know this. The history here is that Abram has already been told that he's going to be the father of many nations. And so he's already been told this. He's already been given a seat of promise. And, and what his responsibility is to that is just to walk with his Lord. Instead, Sarah comes along and Sarah says, well, wait a minute. As a matter of fact, we've been waiting a lot of minutes. The minutes have turned into years and I'm tired of waiting. Let's make this thing happen. And men, sometimes that's what we do when we're given a seat of the spirit. We get impatient and we turn to the flesh or the fleshly ways to make it happen. And that's what's taking place. Abraham heard the word, but Sarah could not wait for it. For me, life has, you know, not necessarily been a journey. The life has been a series of destinations. That's one of the things I've learned as I get older is that, that when I think about life as being a journey, I don't know that life has been as much of a journey as it is a series of destinations. In other words, it's like the Lord put something out here and he's like, this is what you're destined to do right now. And then there's another one and it's what you're destined to do right now. It's what you're called to become. It's the season that you're living in. But we have to be patient when that seed is planted. Spiritually successful people know the leadership of the Holy Spirit is what gets you to your destinies in life. And I put that plural, right? Because God does not recognize, recognize the deeds of the flesh. Flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom, both in the heavens and here upon the earth, because God won't recognize it. So we're called to be men who are led by the Spirit of God. Abraham fathered two boys, Isaac and Ishmael. Ishmael would be this one of Hagar. Ishmael was conceived of Abraham and Hagar, his wife's maid. Isaac was the conceived of Abraham and Sarah. One, the result of human effort and thought. The other, a result of faith in God's promise. So here we have one that's born out of faith, and we have one that's born out of flesh. There's a difference here between the two. And the son of the flesh, like the scripture says, both are actively uh, uh, here upon the earth today. Let me tell you, there are sons of Ishmael actively uh, uh, at work in a religion today. Just know that. And here's what the scripture says. The scripture says that the son of the flesh will always persecute the son of the spirit. Both are at work today. All right, there's the son of the spirit, there's the son of the flesh. Isaac was the child of the promise. We've got to get this, man. In fact, Ishmael is not called Abraham's son, only Isaac is. Now, Abraham fathered two boys, but he is not considered, Ishmael is not considered a son according to scripture. As a matter of fact, three different times in the scripture, they're right there together. Genesis 22, 2, Genesis 22, 12, Genesis 22, 16. The phrase, take your son, your one and only son, Isaac. All right. It's used three times and he's taking him where? To the sacrifice. But it doesn't even mention Ishmael. As a matter of fact, there'll come a time where uh, Ishmael is is actually mentioned for the last time, and he's uh, cursed to wondering. I mean, that's that's pretty much what happens with him. Many times we try to make the promise come to pass, right, by our own efforts. Our destiny, our destination, the promise that has been given, we try to do this through our own efforts. But listen, things things that are born of the flesh that attempt God's destiny will always cause trouble. 
Anytime we try to do this in the flesh, and this is the danger of living in the flesh or by the flesh or even thinking, listening to the seeds that are sown in the flesh as well, it always creates trouble. The result of trying to accomplish destiny or destination on our own or by human efforts results in the abandonment of faith. People are overcome with disappointment, discouragement, and difficulties. Let me say it this way. Um, the result of trying to accomplish destiny or destination by our own human efforts, when we, when we try to attempt those, it leads us to this place of disappointment to the wrong destination. Remember, what gets your attention gets your direction, ultimately gets your destination. The other thing you need to see in this is the faith promise. A faith promise, man, means that God has given you a title deed. He has sown that seed in you, and he said, look, now here's what's going to carry it to pass is your faith. Your faith is not through your ability. It's still through my ability. Remember, grace is God's ability. It's his, his power at work in us and through us. But here's the truth. The truth is so oftentimes we try to muster it up in the flesh and get strong in our flesh and we deny the Spirit, and when you deny the Spirit, you no longer are walking in faith. And remember, without faith, according to Hebrews, it is impossible to please God. That's just the difference, right? Things born of the Spirit will always overcome the world. In 1 John chapter 4, that's what we find out. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. It happens in our and through our faith. So whatever is born of God will overcome the world. Men, now listen, when God sows that seed, sometimes faith is patience. I'm telling you right now, I mean, you talk about an 11th hour, 59-minute God. Sometimes, because <laughs> we're praying and things are pushing right up against this wall, and we're going, Lord, I mean, I know I heard from you. I know it's your spirit that has spoken to me. I know that there's a seed, but I'm not seeing it come to pass. I, I mean, man, I, I, I have tried to get a building for us for six, seven years now. And we got land. We got all this stuff. And I push and I push. And I'm like, Lord, I know you. I know you sowed a seed. And God's saying, you know what? Um, I thought this was my building. I'm not worried about your destiny. Your destiny is supposed to be secured in me. And so we push up against these things, and we hit, and we hit, and we hit, and God's saying, why don't you just be faithful? Faithful in the little, and guess what? I'll allow you one day to be faithful with a lot. Be responsible with what God has given you, so when he gives you faith, because faith is a gift of God, and all of us need to pray for faith. It is a gift, and so as he gives us that faith, we need to, to nurture that faith. We need to protect that faith. We need to be responsible with that faith. There's not a permissive will and a perfect will of God. I want you to hear me. There is not a permissive will and a perfect will of God. There's not two wills of God going on in your life. Well, I'll permit it. No, no, no. There's, there's just simply the will of God. That's, that's what there is, the will of God. So here's Isaac. He's the son. Uh, he was, he was the son, not Ishmael. God does not recognize the flesh. Our destiny, our destination cannot be achieved by the flesh according to God's kingdom and what his purpose call is in our lives as men of God. It won't be accomplished in the flesh. Only can be accomplished in the spirit. Spiritually successful people know that they cannot arrive at their destination by the product or the power of the flesh. And this is where God continues to come back and humble me, men. 
Oh, Curtis, you love to work. You love to put your hands on the plow. You love to get after it, but I'm telling you, all that stuff will perish. It's what happens in the Spirit because here's the, the Spirit is eternal. He's about eternal things. It is the nature of us to make it happen in life, but that very nature can wreak havoc on the plan of God in our lives. So let's apply this. The first thing I would say is that when you are given a seed of the Spirit, we've got to live by the Spirit. In order, one, to even know the seed is, is planted, but two, in order for it to be watered. God wants us to learn patience. So my first point is be patient. Allow God to move at his speed. Sarah grew impatient with the Lord. She took things into her own hands, and then it angered her. Did you notice something about Sarah? What she wanted in the flesh came to pass. It's not that it didn't work. It worked. But she didn't feel good about how things worked out. Her husband slept with another woman, conceived a baby, and now, uh, and that's what she wanted to happen. Now, all of a sudden, she's disappointed. She's hurt. She's jealous. She's got all these problems now because she tried to take what was sown in the spirit and produce it through the works of the flesh. Dangerous thing that happens here. Learn to be patient. She took things into her own hands. It angered her. Psalm 105, when you read this psalm, you'll, what you'll find out is he's writing about David. Now, uh, I have to be careful here. Or I'm sorry, he's writing about Joseph. A lot of us attribute this to a Davidic psalm, but let's just move on. It doesn't necessarily matter whether it is or not. It's the word of God. We're speaking of Joseph here, and this is what it said. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They afflicted his feet with fetters. He himself was laid on irons until the time that his word came to pass, though the word of the Lord tested him. So here's Joseph. He's given a dream. You know the story of Joseph. We don't have time to unpack it. If you don't know it, go read it. All right, but what you'll find out about Joseph is that Joseph was told who he was going to be and what he was going to become through a dream, through a couple of dreams. And, and then he winds up in prison. And it wasn't just any kind of prison. Listen, he was persecuted while he was in prison. It says here that they afflicted his feet with fetters. They put things on his feet so he could not walk, so he could not run away. He was afflicted. He was laid in irons until the time came for the word of the Lord to pass, until the seed could be strengthened through the spiritual things of God and now the word of the Lord not only tested him, but it would prove true through his life. In order for this to happen, the second point this morning, men, is we must die to ourselves and live for God. This is a tough one. It's, it is. It is. Jesus said it this way. If any man would come after me, right, let him take up his cross daily, right, and follow me. Um, uh, when Jesus says that, he, he, he says, let him take up his cross all right, to take up a cross is to die to ourselves. In Christianity, it's a powerful and clear concept that we have to die to ourselves. Our human effort, our human attempts to make it happen usually take us to a place where we fail. Normally, marriages fail not because we pray too much for them. I don't know many marriages that have failed because we've prayed too much for our wives or we've prayed over our children too much. Generally speaking, marriages fail simply because we take things into our own flesh and it's the flesh that wells up and we can't see things in the spirit. We don't even fight the war in the spirit. 
John chapter 12, verse 24, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it will bear much fruit. Now, this is Jesus speaking here. These words are written in red, and he says this, Unless a seed of wheat falls into the ground and dies. It sounds kind of crazy, but this is the way it works. It's a formula. You have the birth of a destiny, the death of a destiny, and a rebirth of the destiny. (laughs) I know it doesn't make sense, but it made sense to me when I wrote it. Okay? So you have a birth of a destiny. God sows a seed. You have the death of a destiny because the only one that can make that seed grow is God, not you. Now, he's entrusting it to you, but he's wanting you to walk with him as he waters his seed. So we die to ourselves because the power comes from God. And then you have a rebirth of a destiny. And here's the cool thing. When a wheat seed falls into the ground, it really is dead. You know, you take a wheat seed. I don't know how many of you ever sowed wheat, but you get back there on the drill and you just scoop up a hand and start chewing on it. You eat it. It's not going to grow in your belly. Well, it has, obviously. But it's dead. But it goes into the ground, right? And there's soil, there's cultivation, there's moisture, there's water. And that seed will reproduce, what, 30, 60, 100 fold. I mean, all of us this, this year are going to cut 60 bushel wheat. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Joe Adams. <laughs> we better start praying for spring. Anyway, let's keep going. Here's the thing. God plants a, a seed. God's spirit plants a seed, right? It's a destiny. It's a vision, man. It's a vision for our lives. It's a vision for the next destiny to come. He plants the seed, but we must die to ourselves, our will and our ways. The scripture says his will and his ways are higher than ours, right? His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. So we've got to die to ourselves. But then look, death brings forth the truth, the true promise. And it's going to be the same one day, even as we see it happen every single day, even when the flesh here on this earth dies sown into the ground. But it doesn't mean that we die, right? It means that hopefully we've generated ministry to continue to produce fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold for his kingdom and for his kingdom purpose. So there may well be years where buried deep in the soil is a destiny and it will test whether or not our deepest allegiance, if you will, is to the destiny of our God. Abraham was asked to sacrifice the destiny, his only son, to lay the promise on the altar to let it die. This is interesting. He doesn't say, God doesn't say, hey, take both your sons up. He doesn't, God doesn't even recognize Ishmael because Ishmael was born of the flesh. He said, you take your one and only son, Isaac. You take the one who was born in the spirit and you bring him up. And I'm going to test you in this. And his faith is tested, but because his faith is tested and Abraham passes the test, what happens? He becomes the father of many nations. The promise is fulfilled, man. So let your allegiance to God carry you through. That's a long sentence just to say trust. Have faith. Have faith. That's the third and final point. So here's the thing. I'm sure after his ordeal, I mean, Abram had to, had to listen to Sarah. He listened to his wife. Uh, he slept with his bridesmaid. He, or, or whatever she, I mean, his hands made and, and he, uh, he produced a child of the flesh. All this stuff happens. And then he's told to go and sacrifice his one and only son. And I'm sure after his ordain, Abraham looked at his son a little more sweetly and trusted in his God a little more deeply. 
I like to say this when I speak of Abraham up on the mountain with his son Isaac. Isaac asked the question, men, Dad, where's the sacrifice? And, and he's carrying the wood. But I love this because at the same time they're going up this way, provision was coming up this way to meet them there through trust and through his faith. So I'm grateful for this perspective. Look, because it, it reminds all of us that we are to have faith and we're to have patience. And we're to have destinies in this life. What's your destiny today? What's your destination? What, where would you like to wind up today? Sometimes I make notes for the day. I just hope to accomplish them and rarely do I get there. <laughs> Something's going to interrupt it, but that's okay. But there are destinations that God wants us to, to reach today, but we don't do that in our strength. We do that in His strength. There's destinations for the week, and listen, there's destinations uh, for months and for our lives and the things in between. Obviously, with hindsight, the word destiny or destination coming to pass is simply going to be, it's simply going to be the Holy Spirit that makes it come to pass. To trust more deeply, to follow more closely, to see more clearly. Look, that should be our game plan, men. And this is how we bring forth the kingdom of God here upon this earth. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for these men. I thank you for this message. Father, as we go through these questions, Lord, I'm reminded of what Anderson said. He said, being filled and led by the Spirit may take you places you never planned, but the will of God will never lead you to where the grace of God cannot keep you. So, Father, let us trust and be patient with the word that you've sown in each one of us. And may it bring forth fruit 30, 60, 100 fold in your name. Amen.